Welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name, that's right, it's Katie Stoll. It so is. Oh my gosh, it's so Katie Stoll. Hi, my name is different. It's so Katie Stoll. That's like a catchphrase for my sitcom in the 90s. It is now. Mm -hmm. What was your name? Yeah. I'm Cody Johnston, by the way. Yes, thank you. Thank you for asking. Cody Johnston. Yeah. Joining us today for the very first time, I guest I'm very excited to welcome host of the podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet and Communications Director at Ultraviolet, Bridget Todd. Hi, Bridget. Hey there. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled. We're thrilled. <laughs> thrilled. Bridget, this is your first time here. Before we, we get to know you a little bit, I'm contractually obligated to call out the holidays. <laughs> yeah, we're going to call them out. I'm going to call them out. It's time to put some holidays on blast. Mm-hmm. And today, May 19th, is National Notebook Day. Kill some trees. Write on that paper. Mm-hmm. Jonathan's got one. You That's can right. write on it. You can, you can throw them away. You can use it like a fan in the hot mm-hmm. weather <laughs> because that's a good way to cool yourself down without using energy. I don't know. I got... That's you got to use your own energy, but you know, it's worth you got to use your own. So today on your notebooks and then May 20th, the day that this is released is national streaming day. Fun fact, Yay. this holiday was invented by Roku in 2014. Yeah, it was. All hail <laughs> Roku. Good for them. Get out there and, and stream some shit. Not on your Apple TV. We're still talking about Roku. Yeah. That's all I got. Oh, that's not true. May 20th is also national bike to work day. I didn't think anybody was working anymore. I thought everyone quit their jobs and um, are living off Nobody wants the government dime. Nobody sure. wants to work mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so I feel like maybe this holiday is obsolete since nobody wants to, to wants to work anymore. Well, I'll explain to our kids that in the before time when people worked, you know, people mm-hmm. would bike to work sometime until everyone gave it off just to live off government stimulus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only on May 20th. You can't. Don't give your kids fake news. Ugh, I'm sorry. I said fake news. That's fine. It's not it's fine. It's not okay. That's I mean, yeah. beyond done. There's nothing funny there to mine. I still say it. I like to call people fake news. Well, that's fake news. You're bringing it back. Exactly. It's something goes goes all the way around a couple mm-hmm. times and then comes yeah, back around yeah. and we can reclaim it. Yeah. Now it's ours. I don't know. Not his. He, he, can't, he can't tweet. It's See, not his I don't, anymore. He, not for long. He'll be back soon. Yeah, right. Fair enough. We'll get there, won't we? Okay. Enough of that. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Jibber jabber nonsense. So I reluctantly move towards the nudes section. Not nudes, news. Mm. Oof. Take a week off and this is what happens. Bridget. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be here. So let's let's talk about your podcast first. Tell us a little bit about there are no girls on the internet. Well, thank you for asking. There are no girls <laughs> on the internet is a podcast that I created. Honestly, from frustration, um, I do a lot of work in my nine to five job with technology and Mm -hmm. sort of advocating for social media platforms to be better and more inclusive. And I know from doing that work that it is like women and people of color and queer folks and trans folks, we're the ones who are really making the internet what it is, you know, whether it's making it safer or more inclusive or just making it a more fun place to be, right? Mm -hmm, Like what would mm -hmm. be, what would social media be like without people who are traditionally marginalized. And so I really wanted to create a platform where our stories could really be meaningfully centered to tell Mm -hmm. the truth that that I see every day about the internet and technology, that it is a domain where queer folks, women, trans folks, and other traditionally marginalized people really shine. And we always have been at the forefront. And so I just got so frustrated to see the conversation around technology and the internet be circulated around white, straight, cisgender men. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And it's especially important just to create those communities where people can find each other, where you find like-minded voices and people, because as we've talked about on this show, and especially it's been very, very clear over the last few years, just how isolated we can be, especially for people who don't have the luxury of living in liberal cities or blue states. And so this kind of work, I think, is just extremely important in maintaining hope and community 
and, you know, sharing information. And this has been a, a, the past few years, but the past few months especially have been really bleak, I think, for marginalized communities, for, for a lot of the people that you're talking about. Do you feel hope right now? Do you gather hope from, from this community that we will be able to continue organizing and, and fighting back? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. I, that's a question I ask almost every one of my guests. Like, do you feel hopeful? Yeah. For me, you know, I wouldn't do this work if I didn't have hope. Yeah, yeah. I, there's there's so much to be hopeful about when I think about the state of the internet. You know, I, I think one of the things that always grounds me in hope for the future is looking at young people, how creative and energetic they are. You know, anytime I'm feeling burnt out or like, these fights are not worth fighting. I think about the younger generation and how mm-hmm. just really awesome they are. So I, I'm so hopeful. You know, you were talking earlier about the importance of the internet for communities, for folks who don't live in, you know, liberal blue, blue states. And that's why I love the internet. I grew up in a pretty small town in Virginia. And when I was growing up there, I didn't really feel connected with people that I felt maybe shared my experience. I felt very isolated. And the day my parents brought home a, a, one of those clunky desktop <laughs> gray monstrosity computers it was like they gave me a pair of wings and it was the first time that i was ever able to tap into this world outside of my small town in virginia and so you know the internet was such a hugely important tool for me to, to connect with others learn about myself learn about who i wanted to be in the world my own identity and i think it's so important that we allow you know for the next generation to also have those experiences yeah. Um, on an internet landscape that is not so toxic. Yeah, I, gosh, I just agreeing with you completely left and right. Hope, I think, is my driving factor. And like, I can feel disillusioned. I can feel depressed. Uh, I look around and, you know, all of these news stories that we're going to talk about today have an element. It's easy to feel hopeless, but we've got each other and there's no path forward unless we continue to have hope. It's bad, but what are you going to do? Accept it for what it is? I look around and I see other people that think and believe in the things that I do, and I have hope in that because we're not going away. And as hard as it is, that's why I keep coming back to community as being just so fucking important and the only way to navigate this. And yeah. I completely agree. I don't always have a lot of hope in my elected officials, in our representatives, but I have hope in us, right? I know that we have each other. And so I know that sometimes that's all we have, but that's a lot. Like there's real power in the power of community. And so at times when you feel like, you know, checking out or that your elected officials don't really have your back, you can ground, you can reground yourself in the Mm -hmm. power of that community. Before we move on to the news, a little lighter question. Uh, You guys, you, you frequently do episodes where you dig into the experiences of women in pop culture, some examples being Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Dana Scully. Uh, Is there a specific celebrity or character that you really uh, enjoyed researching that surprised you or someone that you learned a lot that you didn't know a lot about before? Oh, what a great question. Um, Probably one of my favorite episodes is one we did last, uh, in our first season about Missy Elliott. Uh, Okay. I've always loved Missy Elliott. Like I'm a fan for life, but in researching her work, I didn't, I had no idea all the different ways that she's contributed to music, to art, to production um, and the technical aspects of these things. Right. And so I have always loved her like homegirl can make a bop, but I had no (laughs) idea like the contributions that she's made to, you know, the technology of how music gets made. Yeah. And we don't really give her enough credit for the techno- te- technological innovator that she is. Oh, we definitely don't. This is the first time I'm hearing it. So I'm going to go check that out. Definitely. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break for an advertisement, as they say across the pond, just like that. They do. Advertisement, right? No one mm-hmm. correct me. And then we'll be back for news. Hope so. Yeah, do I? Yeah. No. Hey guys, it's cool Katie. Thinking about ear stuff. Putting things into ears, taking things out of ears, etc., etc., so on and so forth. When you think about it, life is basically one big year. You're born and then you die. 
just like how an ear is. And if you're looking for stuff to put inside of your ear, you should probably check out Raycon Wireless Earbuds. They're designed specifically to fit comfortably in your ear for that perfect ear feel. And once they're in there, trust me, they do not budge. I use them to listen to audiobooks about the ear. Books like The Ear or Ear or The Earbook, which yes, you guessed it. That's a that's a that's a book about ears. Along with being snug on the ears, Raycon offers multiple sound profiles and an awareness mode, plus noise isolation, so there's just so many ways for you to pamper and customize your ear experience. You also get eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, not to mention that Raycons are half the price of other premium audio brands with the same darn quality. So go check them out, why don't you? Go to buyraycon.com slash some news today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash some news to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash some news. They're for your ears. Ear is life. Hello, I am Professor Scott Bug, Esquire, CPA, His Lordship, here to tell you about ExpressVPN. As a licensed veterinarian and rock climber slash enthusiast, I send a great deal of electronic mails over what is commonly known as the Webby Tubies. My electronic mails must be very discreet, especially when I'm consulting with the president, who I am also an advisor for. This is why I enjoy a heaping bowl of ExpressVPN, a software designed to hide your IP address whenever you venture into the moist digital brambles of the Webby Tubies. It encrypts exactly one zero zero circle slash circle of your data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers or hack droppers or anyone trying to sell your info evidence. Take it from me, a beekeeper, that ExpressVPN not only makes your activity hard to trace, but doesn't slow down your webby to be box. You can download the app on your call box or home box with one press of a button. And so protect yourself with the VPN I, Chief Rabbi Professor Scott Bug, trust to keep me safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash more news. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash more news to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash more news right now to learn more. Learning. We love it. And we are back as promised for some news. And oh boy. The first thing we're going to talk about today is the Buffalo mass shooting. At the time of this recording, it's been five days since an 18-year-old self-proclaimed white supremacist went into a Buffalo supermarket and killed 10 people, predominantly black people, and injured three more. Um, He intentionally drove several hours to this neighborhood to commit this crime. Uh, He cited the racist great replacement theory as his motivation along with a manifesto. God damn it. It's hard to talk about all this stuff. Uh, You know, I actually was out of reception when this story happened, when this happened and when I came back and I saw the news, it just, just fucking heartbroken. Um, I'm going to throw to you guys first before we get into some of the details, just to hear some of your like initial reactions to what happened. I know that this is a few days late, but we obviously have to talk about it. My reaction is bad it's hard to like talk about and articulate and uh i guess unpack um because there's just a tragedy and it's stuff that has happened before for very similar if not the exact same reasons and it doesn't seem like it's going to not happen again because the reasons cited seem to be amplified continually by like half of the country Um, in uh, a slightly more sanitized way. They try to get away with it and try to sort of explain it away and talk around it and pretend like that's not what they're saying, but it is, and it fuels this. And I just don't know what to do or say about it beyond that's awful. And, you know, like, you know, there's always going to be like, everyone's going to run to the well of like, well, we need to get Tucker Carlson off the air and all this sort of stuff. And that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. Um, He's still making people money and he has no shame. Um, He's a liar with no shame. He admitted in his book that he started his career on TV by lying, uh, openly lying about his expertise. He's just a shame, shameless uh, 
little gremlin man. And uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. And then you see like uh, all these politicians who may or may not be elected this coming midterms, like on the day of the news posting their little videos about how like, yeah, the demographics are changing on purpose. The Democrats are bringing these people so they can change the demographics and get like this voting block. And then and they're, then they they like don't they don't they don't accept the connection. Yeah, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm obviously just rambling on because I don't know what to say. I did that. I put you on the spot. And <laughs> yeah, it's what we we do here. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, so the shooter left a very wide trail of indications uh, for many months that this was something that uh, he was planning to do um, on 4chan and Discord. Uh, and yet he was still legally sold the AR-15, um, which he used in the shooting. I saw some piece about the store gun, the gun shop owner being horrified, but very defensive. I did nothing wrong. Sure. 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 It's the system. So yes, he, he does appear to have been radicalized on 4chan. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about white replacement theory. Uh, which he promoted and has unfortunately become a pretty mainstream uh, belief in the Republican Party. Tucker Carlson, you mentioned. We know the guy. The guy that's not going anywhere has either directly talked about it or alluded to it, this theory, on more than 400 episodes. That's a Mm -hmm. lot of episodes. That's like... More than we've ever done for this show, I think. Jonathan, what's our episode total right now? This is 192. Yeah, that's right. This is 192. That's right. So, and we've been doing this for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Laura Ingram has promoted it uh, just plainly, not even obfuscating. Democrats want to replace you, the American voters, with newly amnestized citizens and an ever-increasing number of chain migrants. You know, many Senate candidates... Uh, Republican Senate candidates are openly advocating for it. I mean, this goes on and on. Matt Gates in September 2021 at Tucker Carlson is correct about replacement theory as he explains mm. what is happening to America. And this is fun. Yeah. Jonathan included it in a statement after this uh, Buffalo shooting. He, he, Mr. Gates said that he has never spoken of replacement theory in terms of race. <laughs> that's fun. Public record. Oh. Well, so that's the thing they do. Right. So what? Like... It's this sanitized thing. They're pretending it's not about race. When if, yeah, they that's what pretend they do. that it's... Exactly. Like, they're, they're so good at, like, this kind of, you know, I didn't say it clearly. Like, they're, they're so good at... And, and honestly, I almost have to give them credit because they're so good at phrasing these things in a way where there's that plausible deniability where I didn't bring up race. Y'all made it about mm-hmm. race. But mm-hmm. everybody can see and plainly hear what they're saying. And it really is, like... We need to find a way to, to talk about this and hold them accountable and not let them weasel out of like what, what they're so clearly doing. Like, like him saying he's never talked about it is ludicrous. Like anybody who's ever listened to him talk knows that's not true, yeah. but he's able to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's very I mean, it's embarrassing to see a lot of people sort of like fall for it and uh, like run cover for them. And also just like, yeah, the it's so easy for them to pretend and they can say, well, we didn't say race specifically, but you're being re- you are being replaced, by the way. But it's not like about race, but like you're being replaced. And so, like, how do you like reconcile those things? Also, and we, we've talked about this before. Who cares that like the idea of like demographic changes and stuff like that? They're not literally replacing you. They're not taking your place. They're not coming here like no one's coming here. And like you got or like, but no even, one's or even like kill you. Take your name and your social security right. number. Or even like like more people come here and then they like give you their new person card and they take away your person card and then you got to go. No, they're just here now. People are here now. It's fine. The way it's always been. The way it's always been. And well, th- but that's the thing. The way it's always been is what they don't like, uh, be- like where, where yeah. it has led us or whatever. Right. And I think it's, it's interesting too. I, I, like there's a framing of it also that is, I think, not quite right that tucker carlson is like radicalizing these people it's not necessarily that he's radicalizing them it's just he's he's chasing this audience right people want justification for how they're feeling they want justification and he's giving it to them and 
I think for the most part, people maybe don't even fucking understand what's happening. They feel attacked. They don't see the, how white privilege has helped them in any capacity. And it's heartbreaking because a lot of these people are suffering under the same system that's oppressing black people and mother minorities. And they don't see it because it's been like actually is subversively pitting people against each other for so long and that's the identity mm -hmm. they, they grow up with and it's really difficult and heartbreaking to sit down and try to have these conversations with people especially i mean not that we always get an opportunity to but like it's just so convoluted and they are there's so many defenses that go up and you can't get to the real root of the problem and it's all again based on fear yeah and 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 there's um we've, i feel like we've I've mentioned this before. There's this, they always leave out the last part. Uh, like Tucker Carlson, Jordan Peterson has done this before. He's shared articles about like these studies that have been done on like diversity and the dangers of diversity and how it makes people more tribal and uh, you know, it, it encourages like violence and conflict and stuff. And it's always, they always leave off the last half, which yeah. is that, and then it's fine. Um, and then people work it out because that's like what human beings have done, tried to do at least for uh, as long as they've existed. We're still here. And, you know, the, like the study that Jordan shared once was like, yeah, the conclusion was that like over time, it's actually beneficial uh, socially, economically, all, in all these aspects. In the long term, once that tension is dissolved, uh, we did a piece early on in this show about a tucker carlson segment specifically he read some article in national geographic about this town called hazlitt in hazlitt pennsylvania and it was about like all these uh hispanic uh immigrants coming to this town and like his his framing is like and you know they didn't nobody voted for this like they didn't vote for this to happen it just happened and like they're taking away all their lives and stuff like that and his whole segment was about this article uh and how bad this was for this town and so I read the article and the last half of the article that he did not mention was like these quotes from all these Hazlitt residents like, yeah, you know, it was a little uh, bad at first, uh, you know, people coming into like my 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 barbershop. Um, but now, like, I can kind of speak uh, Spanish a little bit. And it's neat, like all these people like realizing how neat it is <laughs> to like meet other people and like live right. with other people. Um, how much better just, the Internet and, is with <laughs> right, diversity. And, like, and, and by just by simply not mentioning any of that, he didn't mention a single quote like that. And there are many in the article. It just shows how utterly dishonest they are yeah. about this entire thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I work on disinformation issues for a living. And like mm -hmm. what you all just articulated is exactly how bad actors and people who want to use fear to spread hate and keep everybody inflamed and keep keep inflaming all of these tensions for their own personal gain. Right. This is just like right out of their playbook. And so, you know, you said earlier how it really is about grounding people in these fears that they might have that may very well be legitimate, right? Like people may very well feel like, oh, I as a white person am being overlooked for people of color, whatever. They, they might truly feel that way, but the, the the way to solve it is not to inflame that right. tension. It's not it's right. not to you know make it worse. And I think you know Cody, the, the example that you just brought up about the article that does not surprise me at all because bad actors they want us to be divided because they know that once we all are united, we are stronger together. Mm -hmm. So the people in that town who were like actually these these folks aren't that bad. Like I like their food. They seem nice to me. Whatever. <laughs> that's what that's what Tucker Carlson doesn't want, right? Because mm -hmm. People wouldn't be tuned in if they're if they're not, you know, grounded in their fear. And so he makes money by having an audience and a listen and a, and a, and a base that is grounded in fear. And so that he has to do that to make sure that he doesn't lose his audience base. Like nine times out of ten, bad actors and people who spread lies and hate and disinformation, they're just scam art artists. They're doing it because it personally benefits them in some material way. And you know, I think we need to start calling it what it is. He's a scammer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's a uh, scam artist, uh, fascist propagandist. I would also uh, yep. feel comfortable calling him that. Um, and he know, and he knows what he's doing and he knows that it works for him. There's a reason that like he disappeared for many, many years and came back and is popular now because of those sort of things. Because he got rid of the bow tie. He, he, he got rid of the bow tie. Uh, and now he knows like the kind of things that gets him attention. And, uh, and part of it is also like, you know, every, 
three weeks. I'm not saying like it's bad to like let people know about this, but like every three weeks there's an article like Tucker Carlson did this and we got to get him off the air. That's just the attention that he craves. He wants he wants it's giving him oxygen like the he wants the mainstream media to attack him in that way so that he can say, look, the mainstream media hates me. Therefore, there must be a reason. It, give, it gives him, like, quote, credibility in his audience. the same eyes. reason those provocateurs, people go up on, like, Ben Shapiro wants people to come and scream mm-hmm. at him while in the audience. Yeah, it was Milo Yiannopoulos' entire, like, plan. Like, plan. That was his whole strategy. Yeah, like, that people was his up. whole thing. Yeah. Get, poke the beast so you get a clip that's shareable. Whatever it is, it gives them oxygen. And I know they're an easy target, but I think the mainstream media dropped the ball with mm. like we're, we're seeing articles now like what is great replacement theory and why was this in yeah. a manifesto whereas like and it was mentioned very briefly but like the the guys you know marching in charlottesville chanting jews will not replace us mm-hmm. that was the opportunity to say here's mm-hmm. what they're talking about mm-hmm. instead it was like no no no, this is some fringe thing ignore it's, it. it's over point, there it's over Johnson. there it's just like these hundred people and then trump who said it was fine and everyone we're all, all we're all the good people against it and it's like that would have been the time to be like here's why they are saying jews yeah. will not replace us and right here's why they're saying it and here's why it doesn't ma- matter right like not that they're, that they're saying it doesn't matter but like what like the things that they're worried about don't actually matter um because also like every you know year like you'll see in the new york times like uh look at all the demographic changes white people will be a minority and blah 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 Dot, dot, dot. And here's why it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, like, that's the that's an important part of it, too. Who The shrug, who cares? Yeah, they yeah. did this, and then they, but they had to move on as soon as Trump said some other dumb thing. And it's sure, like, there's that also was... part of that, but, yeah. but you're completely correct. That's a really good point. And for our listeners, who I think by now have gleaned a bunch, of, if you didn't know about replacement theory, I'm going to read a little bit from this piece from The Atlantic, because this stuff is not new. It's been around a long time. In 1916, the American immigration restrictionist Madison Grant published the passing of the Great Race, which argued that immigration was destroying America's traditional, quote, Anglo-Saxon population, and along with it, the tradition of self-governance. Grant's ideas were popular and influential. They provided the impetus for racist immigration laws passed in the 1920s, which sought to limit not only African and Asian immigration, but also that of Eastern and Southern Europeans who were deemed genetically inferior to their Northern European counterparts. Adolf Hitler cited these racist laws as an inspiration. And a little further in the article, there are two versions of the replacement conspiracy theory, but both of them share the same basic premise. The first version is the idea that a secret cabal, typically one that is composed of Jews, is fostering demographic change in the United States through immigration in order to replace its white population. The second is that liberals are fostering demographic change in the United States through immigration in order to replace its white population. Both conceive of America as fundamentally white and Christian, and in doing so, posit not only a racial conception of citizenship, but a racial hierarchy, one uh, that must be maintained if America's true nature is to endure. I'm sure you gleaned that from the conversation, but there Mm. you go. There is a little history and context. It's not new. It's not surprising. Um, It feels silly to even try to debunk it, but that's not what's happening. (laughs) You know? (laughs) <laughs> oh boy yeah. okay and jonathan said something earlier that i just really wanted to lift up which is that you know we we do have a such a media climate where we unfortunately can't really always trust like traditional media outlets to call mm-hmm. this stuff what it is like you, you talked about how you know charlottesville would have been the time to, to, to pick apart great replacement theory think about h- how many years like how long we had to watch traditional mainstream media outlets talk about critical race theory as if it was actually some big threat and allow for like that to be an issue that had Mm -hmm. both sides as opposed to debunking it thoroughly. Right. Like I think that we really need to have like, like we should be able to have a media that we can count on to actually call something what it is. If something is a nonsense conspiracy theory grounded in anti-Semitism and racism, you can just say that. There's not two sides to that. You don't have to give one side, you know, be like, oh, well, maybe they've got some good points or like the truth is somewhere in the middle. That's irresponsible. And I think that like, like we need to contend with the, the vast disservice that a lot of folks in media have done by allowing these these attitudes and these ideas to make it seem as if they're, you know, 
mm-hmm. reasonable when they're not. Yeah. I mean, every single conversation we have nowadays is <laughs> yeah. always that sort of like, well, they maybe they have like, there's something there. Um, and usually there's not. There's some discord logs from the Buffalo shooter uh, that mention what the quote is like something like um, there's no problem with LGB people. Notice the T is missing until pedophiles and groomers joined and started to indoctrinate our children. All these conversations that the Republican Party is encouraging and having, let's just say who is doing that, are part of this. And there doesn't seem to be a way or an ability to, like, really push back on it in a meaningful way for people who aren't already like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I don't, I just don't know. Like I haven't seen people be like, Oh, actually now that you explain it and how like, that's ridiculous. I, I can't believe I, I believe these people. Honestly, it's hard when what you have to say is going to anger half the country because then they send you mean tweets and emails and those are hard to do. And so I think, Newspaper writers and magazine writers and broadcasters mm-hmm. try to find a way that's not mm-hmm. going to upset a bunch of people when you say, look, there is one side that's doing this, that's 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 building up these ideas and getting people killed. And it's also really hard to push back against the lack of fact in this country because you can talk to people and they might not trust your information that you have. And look, I get it. I get why people don't trust mainstream media or any of the medias, but you have to you have to trust something and you have to be able to look at something and read the facts and discern trust yourself, them do your own research and trust and like and understand right. that there are, are but like it's it's difficult it's difficult to contend with a lack of consensus on what fact is. And I think that that's probably that's always been true to some extent, but it's really true right now and amplified and made worse we need to take a quick break oh good but we're gonna come back and we're gonna keep talking about this all right everybody relax okay i'm relaxed okay time for some advertisement time good hello this is professor scott bug the human body is basically just a series of shoots and hooks to digest nutrients is to break down foods into a fine grease which lubricates those hooks which threaten the shoots until they work properly most of us spend up to 50 hours a week consuming food to be made into this grease luckily there's ag1 by athletic greens they are a superfood product that takes all of the nutrients a human body of hooks requires to threaten the shoots and delivers it into a single delicious liquid that some people call a drink and a delicious one at that just a single scoop full as in a small handled cup of ag1 contains 75 vitamins minerals and whole food sourced ingredients ag1's grease experts keep up with all the latest in nutritional goings-ons to ensure that their product is the most efficient lubricant available it is suitable for athletes mathletes moms male moms vegans vegetarians paleo folk and other types of lifestyles i am too busy to name right now and Right this moment, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting, free, one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash more news today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash more news to make your shoots fear you enough to work properly, lest you rust and eventually die. Goodbye. And we're back. Online sucks. Mm. Things are bad. Mm-hmm. Speaking of online and things being bad, oof, Twitter might <laughs> still be being bought by Elon Musk, but probably not. Let's talk about it briefly or not briefly. That ain't, that, that ain't happening. Uh, I know. I don't think so. As I mean, of yeah, this yeah. writing, recording, etc., Elon Musk says that his deal to buy Twitter is on hold because he doesn't think Twitter's being honest about how many spam bots are on the platform. Twitter says probably like five percent could be higher and musk says it's probably 20 percent look guys he already told them he was buying it (laughs) do you think maybe uh he could have uh for such a big deal where he needed to get like money from like cutter and like all like trying to yeah get billions and billions of dollars maybe he could like think about this before he makes the offer and signs a contract somebody said it's like it's like buying a house and waving the home inspection. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> maybe you could have just thought about that beforehand. Maybe it seems. And like maybe like he realizes he's like lo- losing a lot of money actually, and like all these stocks are tanking, and it's gonna turn into him losing money, and maybe he wants to back out of it, and he's trying to find any reason to do so, and he's, he's gonna trying... tweet whatever because the people that love him are gonna love him no matter what he and believe whatever he says. Didn't mean to buy it in the first place. Yeah. I feel like he tweeted about it, and everybody got up in arms, and he's like, "Okay, challenge accepted." Yeah, okay. it's Trump shit. Okay. Trump didn't want to be the president. Trump shit all the then way. He fucking had to do it. He hated it. Bridget, I feel like this is uh, a topic that you've got a lot to say on, so I'm going to throw to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with both of you. Part of me thinks that, I don't know, like, Elon Musk, kind of like, it's interesting that you compared him to Trump because I think he, similar to Trump, he's someone that's really difficult to take at his word because he'll just say whatever and, like, tweet whatever and... I think he wants to create a climate where everybody is talking about like a will they, won't they with regards to him buying Twitter. His point about, oh, like I'm not going to be able to have a deal until we talk, until Twitter is clear about how many inauthentic accounts are on the, on the platform. I was doing podcast episodes about that shit like two years ago. So this is not news. If you were really going to, if you were really serious about buying Twitter, you would have already known this because average people already know this. And so I completely agree with you. I think that he is, kicking up a lot of dirt because now he realizes, oh, this is actually going to be really expensive. And even if I do it, it's going to be kind of a headache. There's no way that it's successful for him. It doesn't hurt him. It's already Tesla stocks have tanked. Well, like the problems, like like what you're talking about, like the problems that he will face by owning this company, he are hard. He's not going to like the decisions that he'll have to make, even in like, because he doesn't want the site to turn into 4chan. If he does, then it's 4chan. Uh, and uh, right. he's just going to, like, in what, like, charging people for X and Y. Like, it's he's he's going to, he know I think he knows that, like, it will be hard and he'll do a bad job, which will lose him even more money, right? And people have got, are start, I mean, not starting, people have been seeing it, but, like, it's just foolish. This is foolish. This isn't smart. He tries to create this image of this genius innovative out of the box thinker but he's but his tweets are like poop emojis literally he tweets poop emojis he's not (laughs) anything special he hasn't created anything also i feel like this is this is neither here nor there um and i have not seen people talk about it maybe i missed it uh you know that whole uh Sports Illustrated issue that everyone, Jordan Peterson, tweeted about. Peterson mad thing, about. Yeah. Elon Musk's mom is in there, apparently. Oh, yeah. She's one of the, she's one of the covers. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is getting buried in the conversation. <laughs> Presumably, since Jordan Peterson didn't mention it, he's really into that. Really oh, yeah. into He's it. into Miss Musk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elon's his other, mom. His other tweet, the almost tweet, was sorry, very beautiful. Everyone can just say, your mom to Elon Musk now. Um, anyway... So, look, if he doesn't do it, he's supposed to, like, pay a billion dollars. He'll never do it. Mm. He'll never uh, do it. I don't no, think he's going to do it. And it, like you said, I mean, it's it's platform, moder- platform moderation and content moderation is complicated, right? Like, some of the early ideas he was throwing out about he, how he was going to run Twitter, people mm-hmm. have already tried that, and they've tried it years ago, and it didn't work. So it's interesting to me, kind of like what you were saying, is, like, somebody who just got to the party who doesn't even know what's going on talking loudly about yeah. something they don't understand. Like, yeah. That's what I see when I see Elon Musk. Like you, you he has so much confidence in something that tr- trust me is like much more complicated, much more complex than I think he realizes, but he just has this unearned confidence. Like surprise, surprise, white yeah. bro in tech right. has unearned <laughs> confidence, but I think yeah, that's what it there's is. There's a, even uh, one thing whenever, even when he's like kind of right, it's like, yeah, obviously what? Like you're not, there's a tweet he did about um, the like the algorithm and your feed. If you have a problem with your feed, you should go here, go here, go here, and make it uh, live. Make it so you're getting the most updated tweets instead of like this this uh, algorithmic feed. And it's like, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> we all complain about it. We all like we've talked we've talked about that like, before. 
Like, what do you? We've I've seen screenshots floating around giving that advice years yeah. ago. So like, yeah, where you been, congratulations. man? Congratulations. He's doing one of those threads. Like, here's ten iPhone tips. I guarantee you don't know. Right. And it's all like, here's how to make sure they don't track you. It's like, yeah, dude. I feel I've like never right. used one of these. And you gotta you gotta like go through a bunch of like uh, ads about celebrities to find the next button to go to the next page to right, get the next right, tip. Right. Like, you know, you won't believe what Marsha Brady. Right. Like. Sometimes they, they trick you into clicking on a slideshow and it's forty pages instead of just one. Exactly. Here's how to like God, yeah, man. All right. What did you? Why do you tell us about the Wayback Machine right now? Yeah, I can't get over the fact that half of the these Musk super fanboys would just be so turned off of him if they ever hung out with him for like 20 minutes. If they ever yeah. had the opportunity to sit down and get a beer with Elon Musk, they'd be like, "The fuck is this guy?" It's my thought. Oh, but he's a Republican now. I. Okay, this is... Yep, here right, we go. Look, well, it's so time here's, to talk about okay. Cody's tweet, too, but... Well, oh, good. Which one? God. Um, one. The left got a little too PC, so I changed all my opinions about the economy, social issues, systemic racism, healthcare, and history. Yeah. And the environment. Let's see. Yeah. And the environment. It's a... Uh, well, no, I didn't have that in the tweet. And if I had an edit button, Elon, I'd add it. <laughs> but... He's so he's a liar and a fraud in many, many ways. And I think that uh, if you look at his public statements and his actions, that's very clear. Um, we don't need to go down the list. But in his tweet about voting Republican now, he discusses how he thought the Democratic Party used to be the, the party of the kindness party is what he called them, which is just like, are you five? Like, what? Do you, how, how do you like function in politics? But now the Democrats are the party of hate and division. And so I'm voting Republican. So a few things about this. First of all, the idea that the Republican Party isn't a party of hate and division is like laughable on its face. Uh, there's so many examples that show that he has no idea what he's talking about or is very openly and willfully lying about it. But earlier the, that day, before he tweeted that, he was doing an interview on camera and there's a video of him discussing the problems with the Democrats and the problems with the Democrats to him are they're in the pocket of the unions <laughs> and class action lawyers. Mm. And then the problems with Republicans are, uh, what was it like? Religious zealotry, I think. Yeah, pro-like corporatism and religious zealotry. And so I'm going to vote Republican now. That's what he said. Um, interesting uh, that the thing he has a problem with the Democrats are mm -hmm. their pro-union stuff, which is very interesting considering like uh, Chris Well, Chris Small's going to the White yeah. House very yeah. recently. A lot of that stuff going on. That tracks. And yeah, tracks very well with uh, what again what we know of his actions and statements and the class action stuff. The class action again. lawsuits against him and Tesla, yep. and they're basically segregated like factories. Yep, a lot of racism in these factories. And it resulted in a class action lawsuit against him. That's true. That's there's a lot. There's multiple yeah. incidences uh, and stories, like egregious accounts of racism and segregation. And anyway, yeah. it sounds like hell. Um, and uh, just knowing that those are things that he has had to deal with at his company, it just speaks volumes to what he's really talking about. Yeah, um, yeah it does. He wants to be able to do all these sort of things. And he, he, I think he also has an idea that you know, for the next 20, 30 years, Republicans are probably going to be the ones in power. Uh, we'll see how the midterms go and how 2024 goes. Jesus. Maybe he's right. But it seems like he's banking on that. And so he's publicly saying, like, well, I'm going to be I'm going to throw my support behind the party that I know will benefit me. He knows that their policies benefit him. So it's very funny that he's like saying that. And like he's like after saying that, like, yeah, pro corporate and uh, religious zealotry. And so I'm going to throw my weight behind them is just very funny. Also, the fact that the Republican Party doesn't openly believe in climate change or doing anything about it and has been the only party in the world, in the world, political party that just denied it for decades and decades and decades. Um, he got into a big, like, he's been upset and whining for a week about not Tesla not being included in some fucking, like, right. S&P list about climate the ESG. Well, it's not just like, about climate it's also about like equity in the workplace and stuff and that's why they got taken off that's why he got taken off of it specifically. there you go elon um so that like uh, amidst whining about not being on that list and claiming like no company has done more for climate change than tesla which is a claim that he made citation needed elon <laughs> um doing that and at the same time, he's throwing his weight behind the Republican Party that 
to just deny climate change or doing anything about it is just, again, it just illustrates what an absolute fraud he is. But I think it's especially funny that earlier that day when he did the video, basically like, yeah, Democrats are like unions and class action lawsuits that affect me personally. Therefore, I don't like them. I'm going to go over here. After that, he tweeted the kindness thing because he didn't want to actually say the, the true part out loud. So his tweet is not what his reasoning is. His reasoning is the union stuff. His tweet was like, oh, they're hateful and divisive. Um, it's just, he's such a, he's such a fucking lying fraud <laughs> in such an obvious transparent way. What's so annoying about that is like, and like the, there are people that you could show that to, like here's a video of him saying one thing and him tweeting something else. Doesn't that seem suspicious to you? They'd be like, no, I love him. He had such, like, I don't know how he has this, like, insulation of, like, fanboys who will go to their graves defending him despite seeing evidence in their face. It is wild to me. And just like, just like. It's Peterson. It's Trump. Just like those guys, he's upset because the people he wants to love him do not love him anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Grimes. 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 And like, you know, like. God. You know, liberal politicians, liberals who will buy Tesla and like, oh, this guy's going to save the world and stuff. They don't like him anymore. And he's getting very upset about that. But he does have this army of people he disrespects and doesn't really care about. And he. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just have this theory that he wants to be like a, a Tom Hanks, like a beloved like person who like is delightful on Twitter that everybody loves. And he'll never be you that. Never. Like, I just see him. Like, I, I don't know him personally, but he just seems so clearly fueled by insecurity. Not like his like, mom. It, 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 who is very secure, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to sneak yeah, in some so, jokes here. So so secure that she feels comfortable tweeting defenses of her son from some like, thousand. Uh-huh, oh, she's been tweeting about like the thousand oh, no. follower accounts who are tweeting poor Elon and like, are they bots? Are they trolls? How is it? How can this happen? And it's just, like, oh boy. Like, also, oh, and speaking of division and hate. And obviously, Elon Musk has never commented on all the actual divisive, hateful things that the right is doing, banning abortion and everything for LGBTQ rights and banning books and saying, here's what teachers can't say. All that division and hate. He's fine with that. He doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. Nothing says that you're anti-division, like having a second. I was just going to say, like, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, so and like all of this talk about Twitter and the Twitter takeover is certainly distracted from other stories about what, you know, that was the conversation before. Yeah. Anyway, and it distracted from why he was taken off of that climate Mm-hmm. social, whatever, I can't... What was the name of it again, Jonathan? S&P ESG S&P Index. P- it's just like, ESG. if you want to invest in something, these are good companies. Like, it's kind of stupid because you can't oh, know what company... Oh, it's very stupid and yeah. bullshit. Like, ExxonMobil is on yeah. there. But so, he did lash out like, by being removed. He did. And that's, he was Well, pissed. that's the thing, like, it's always... It's, like, not always th- this case, but, like, that thing where it's, like, there's a kernel of truth there. That list is bullshit, and ExxonMobil obviously should, like helpful with climate change what the fuck are you talking about but also <laughs> why how can you whine about this and then say you're gonna like put like the last republican president said that climate change was a chinese hoax what are you talking about man so i'm gonna move on good <laughs> before we get to broken news i want to touch on a story that was big last week and is big this week still but we weren't here last week so uh there's a baby formula shortage and it's a really big big deal actually <laughs> this there's you know and, the, and it's i wanted to bring this up because some of the narrative uh well i could be summed up in this bet midler tweet try breastfeeding it's free and available on demand um and lots of people have echoed this and it's so fucking ignorant here's a list of people who need formula single fathers Families without lactating mothers, women who've had surgery, babies with allergies, babies in foster care, people who have adopted, women who haven't breastfed in months, women who don't want to breastfeed, women who can't. This is a big deal. And actually, I'm not I'm not a mother. I have never experienced this, but I have a lot of friends who are new mothers. Actually getting your baby to latch can be very tricky. And there's so much judgment about breastfeeding, just like any other thing with a woman's body. Everyone has an opinion about what they should or shouldn't do. And sometimes it's just not working. And it's incredibly frustrating and stressful time for a new mother. And it's really overlooked. Also, breastfeeding is 
expensive and time consuming. Here's, here's some stats. Mothers who breastfeed for six months or more experience longer and more severe income, income loss than mothers who formula feed. And the amount of time breastfeeding in a year is nearly equivalent to the hours worked in a full-time job. That's like 1,800 hours for breastfeeding or pumping. Um, of course, this is just averages and stuff, but to give you guys an idea of what it means to breastfeed and why, it's not an option for everybody. So the fact that there is this shortage is a really big fucking deal. And um, so yesterday, the House passed a $28 million, $28 million in emergency funding to address this shortage. Um, 192 Republicans voted against it, hmm. which, you know, underscores how they care more about fucking unborn rules. fetuses than actual Party children. Party of family values. It's just frustrating. There are there are reasons why this happened. There's kind of a monopoly on um, formula in the United States. There's just a few companies, and so something gets tainted. I guess there was, yeah, Chronobacter Sakazaki. If you want someone to pronounce it right, go somewhere else. This is a news podcast, not a grammar spot. <laughs> Wait, this isn't a grammar spot. It's not a grammar spot. Uh, what you I've say? No grammar. Ever... I feel like we advertise this as a grammar spot. Well, we're gonna Welcome have to news fix that. even more. Why? You, Welcome the news. first Hello. and only news podcast and your only grammar spot, Chronobacter Sakazaki. Anyway, um, it's fucked up. A lot of people mm. are freaking out, rightfully so. It seems like things are being done about it, though. That's good. Things are starting to be done about it. Um, I, it's going to take a long time. I think like for two people weeks. To... I think before that Abbott um, factory to reopen and then begin yeah. getting product out. But, like, I'm reading stories. This isn't the main, but, for example, people, there was this one thing, a story article I read, um, and a mom has, like, a three-year-old autistic daughter, and she just, she can't eat anything else. She won't, there's, so she's she's on formula and some other thing, and she's now had to be hospitalized and had a tube put in so that they can feed her. Um and she doesn't understand, you know, it's, it's really, so, and that's apparently in this article, anecdotal, but, you know, talking to different nurses and ERs, I think they were saying like, yeah, multiple people a day are coming in asking for help, or maybe they have food or something. It's heartbreaking. I know a, a friend of mine is a, just had a baby and her baby needs formula and she's really freaking out right now. Um, but yes, help is coming, but not thanks to the pro-life party. Yeah. And, and I also think like, I'm, I'm so glad that you talked about, I, I don't know, I think that we sell this lie of parenthood, mm -hmm. especially motherhood, that because I think if we told the truth, nobody would have a child. Yeah. The truth is, your government doesn't give a fuck about you. Your government is, gives, gives you no support. It's incredibly hard. When you need support, all you get is judgment. Right. And I think that like that's the truth about motherhood for a lot of folks. And it is like I, I, like, like that Bette Midler tweet made me so angry because it's like so clear that she believes this lie that like, oh, when you have a baby, all like it's so easy to just have your child latch and like the milk just comes and all of that. Like it, it's so incorrect and it does such a disservice mm -hmm. to parents and moms in particular who are really struggling like people that i know who have kids they are not okay yeah. they have had a terrible few yeah. years and they have all been they've been all but like abandoned and forgotten and you know i think that like when i think about that formula shortage what really bums me out is the way that folks on the right have just really in this gross way used it as a way to get partisan like to like knock biden as if it, as if we're not talking about like like I mean, the fact of the matter is the reason why we're having these formula shortages is because of private companies, yeah, yes. right? It's because it's because, and so like, like, I do think that, that the Biden administration, like, I'm glad that help is coming, but where are the messengers who are making that point clear yeah. to mm -hmm. folks? Like, well, here's why we have these shortages yep. and here's where your anger should go. And like, let's have the conversation about whether more government resources need to be expended to make sure that babies get formula, if that's what you want. Like, where are the public messengers who are, reframing the narrative and not just letting extremists run with this partisan bullshit that the reason why it's happening is because of the Biden yep, administration. Yep, yep. Echoing all of that. Thank you for saying all of that. Yeah. The only message I've seen on it, I think is uh, from Pete, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Oh, Pete. Um, and it was about how like 
we're look, we're a capitalist country, all right? Do you we we don't we the government isn't going to make baby formula. We got the companies to do that, and that's just like how it is. It seems not a great message. Uh, people seem to like it though. I'm probably paraphrasing uh, uncharitably. Probably but... doesn't matter. It's it's sneaky Pete. Um, yeah. Okay, Jonathan, <laughs> your time to shine as if you haven't been shining so very bright this whole episode, but. <laughs> I'm going to throw to you for some broken news. So I do have a few things (laughs) pre-planned, but something broke while we've been recording. (gasps) And it's, remember how Elon Musk said there were about to be some vicious attacks against him? Rutro, what happened? This was just published within the last hour. We can cut it if you end up not liking it. Uh, A SpaceX flight attendant said Elon Musk exposed himself and propositioned her for sex. Documents show the company paid $250,000 for her silence. Uh, a, uh, yeah. There it is. Two days ago, he got a request for comment, and then he's like, I'm a Republican now. There's going to be vicious yep. attacks. Oh, because there were, there, well, there were so many tweets about, like, that of his in the past few days. I was going to mention that there's a story coming there's that a story he doesn't coming. want you to know. Yeah. That because that's I am why I so glad this well. happened while we were recording, so to get these live reactions. I can't believe you even thought that we might want to cut it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're unprepared for this. This incident took place in 2016. God. The details in this story are drawn from a declaration signed by a friend of the flight attendant and prepared in support of her claim. Um, after Insider contacted Musk for comment, he emailed to ask for more time to respond and said there is a lot more to this story. Mm. Um, politically motivated hit piece, blah, 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 blah. This is going to be real ugly. He offered her apparently a horse in exchange for an erotic <laughs> massage. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, my God. I'm sorry, fuck? what did you say? He, offer- she- he offered her During a horse. The, the declaration says that he was completely naked except for a sheet covering the lower half of his body. He exposed his genitals and then Gross. touched her and offered to buy her a horse if she would, quote, do more, referring to the performance of sex acts. Ah, ah, oh, yuck, yuck, first of all, yuck. Sorry to that woman. Yes, yeah, that yeah, the first and foremost, the most important thing is that someone was victimized and she was brave enough to do this. And now there's going to be an ugly discourse online about it. Go ahead, Cody. Very weird man and way to do that. Like, what a weird offer. And way to go about it. It reminds me of, what was it, the guy that was doing his flight logs? He offered him... Oh, yeah, he offered him, like, $5,000. The fuck? You're a billionaire. <laughs> so... That's so... That's, what a lowball offer. $5,000? You care enough to reach out, but you're offering me that? It's insulting. You offered this woman a horse? Well, then he offered her $250,000 to not talk about so, it. Yeah, so, yeah, she... This says that she thinks could just go back to normal and she would pretend like nothing happened. However, she started to feel as if she was receiving some sort of retaliation where her shifts were cut back and she was starting to feel really stressed. This is horrifying. I just, you could tell from his tweets that this was coming within days. What a piece of shit. It's quicker than I thought, I guess. Yeah, a piece of shit. It's hard to sit here and make jokes about it. I'm furious, and I'm thinking about this woman who is going to have a hard time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I like, I am thinking about her because we know how Elon Musk's supporters are, yep. and mm-hmm. I just, I'm, my heart is going out to her because I, I, it's, yeah, I don't think that... I think that we've created a climate where for anybody to speak up about these kinds of experiences is really tough, but especially to speak up about these kinds of experiences regarding somebody like Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the fandom. And look, we haven't talked about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial here yet. We will at some point. There is a lot to unpack, but as you're telling me this, I, I can't. The ugliness that we're seeing play out regarding that conversation again we will unpack it maybe next week even but i'm i'm just bracing already yeah for fandoms this are is bad. gonna be a similar situation um and he, and he knew what he was doing he knows that he was prepping his followers yeah. to not believe anything uh that came out and they will react uh in the way that one would expect them to okay probably right Ugh. 
Jonathan, give us another yeah. broken news story, please. And thank you. Uh, yeah, let me go through some 2022 primary results uh, from some primaries this week. Uh, freshman Congressman Madison Cawthorn lost in his primary to North Carolina State Senator Chuck Edwards. Smell you later. Mm. Yeah, so he's going to be done. I now believe after the campaign against him that he was completely right about the Coke parties. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I doubted him at first. Now, other... I, now, now I believe him. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman won the Democratic primary for senator, uh, blowing out Representative Connor Lamb. He had a stroke over the weekend, but said he's recovering well. He's going to face either Dr. Oz or Dave <laughs> McCormick for the seat. Those guys are currently 0.1% apart, so there might be an automatic recount. Um, McCormick could overtake him soon, based on where the remaining ballots are. Um, and Trump told Oz, apparently, to just declare victory. Classic. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, no no real surprises there. Uh, and then Douglas Mastriano won the nomination, the Republican nomination for Pennsylvania governor. He's a 2020 election denier. He was at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th. And uh, he said he'd appoint a secretary of state who like wouldn't have, what what is it, confirmed the, the electoral count yeah. in that state. So we really got to hope that he loses in november so we get fair elections in pennsylvania yeah there are a lot of things that seem to be um happening in a very blatant way that is um more planned than last time where they're just going to be like a they're going to try to steal a lot of elections it seems um and they want to um and their excuse is well you try to do it you did it in 2020 so we're gonna do it to you in 2024 um and that's their excuse that they're giving themselves and seems like uh, a lot of these elections in 2022 which is this year good job cody are going to have an effect on that um i don't know seems bad seems bad, potentially bad. seems potentially bad yeah <laughs> yeah give us give us give us george bush yeah okay uh, let me share my screen and uh we can end on this Ooh, baby this is this fun this surreal fever dream of a clip that i wish this I was a live reaction think but maybe never actually can happened. everyone see my screen is it a deep fake we'll find out oh, god all right let's do this in contrast russian elections are rigged political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, oh, my 75. God. Uh, the old man made a funny slip up. I, I mean, what's there to say? The, this, is, this is such a. Remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about like Trump's mannerisms and stuff. This is such a Bush thing, like the the verbal slip up, then like immediately correcting himself, the look in his eyes, and then the little, <laughs> little sheepish, yeah. sheepish. Well, Ugh. I'll get it. And then everyone like laughing along, old folksy man talking about his war crimes. Ugh. Uh it's Ooh, baby. I still it still doesn't seem like it's real. Do you think it haunts him? <laughs> Do you think it came out because it haunts him and he's been thinking about it a lot? I mean that's why he paints, right? Allegedly. Just well, really, he paints right. to get rid of the. I mean, doesn't he? Doesn't he paint? Uh, he does like, paint. We're making uh, the connection soldiers that soldiers and stuff, right? Because of, yeah. I assume, because of his like guilt that maybe is not going to be uh, going to heaven. <laughs> that he did a bad thing <laughs> by painting, like, <laughs> like yeah, I don't think that's going to do it, man. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of why, at least, he paints. Um, seems like it's still on his mind. Yeah, man. I guess I don't. I don't. I'm not sure that Peyton's going to do it. I, I mean, it's good to know that he associates unjustified invasion and brutal war with Iraq. Like, that's good with to know. Iraq? Yeah. We're assuming he does. I mean, yeah, it could have just been another. He could have said zebra. You know, it could have just been a word floating around his, the old noggin. Ugh. Well, that was fun. That was a fun way to end this.
fun episode. I swear I kind of forgot about all of his little mannerisms. Like, um, Jonathan, you did his laugh, and I was like, oh, yeah, he had that little, like, (laughs) like, I kind of forgot about that (laughs) until just now. Yeah, it's this weird, like, southern weasel kind of thing. Like, he's a, like, he's a little stinker, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a but, little like, scamp. For, like, war crime stuff. I've never Soul understood Salt of the earth scamp. Because, like, aren't they from Connecticut? Like, I've never understood, like, the, like, Texas vibe. Like, like what's the deal? Is it cosplay? I've never understood it. Yeah, I think it's uh, that, you know, when they moved down to Texas, he kind of, like, a... I guess appropriated or just took yeah. on this like or absorb it or whatever. Yeah, absorb this little like you know folksy. you're you're a theater person. You go to uh, you go to Europe for a year and you come back and you suddenly have a British accent. He's uh, a method yeah, actor, exactly. guys. He's yeah. method. It's like um, a kid who just did study abroad right. and now he's yeah. smelling favorite with a U. Act like this. <laughs> okay, I think that does it for us today. Bridget, it's been wonderful having you here. Please tell our listeners where they can find you online, plug your work, all the things. Yeah, please check out my podcast. It's called There Are No Girls on the Internet. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast on. You can follow me on Twitter at Bridget Marie or on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC. Do it. Do the following things. <laughs> um, thank you again for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. I- Sorry. Cody's got something to say. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> So the Elon I just have one addendum. The Elon Musk story that we just discussed. Uh for those interested, uh they reached out uh to the principals of the of the article uh, for comment regarding a story at about 9 a.m. uh Wednesday, May 18th. And Elon Musk's tweet about how political tax on him will be escalating dramatically in the coming months was uh yep. about 20 minutes later. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god uh, depending on time zone stuff i'm not sure uh if the time zones line up uh, or where he was good, 9 a.m eastern this is a, uh and then he tweeted at uh 12 this is a good addendum thank you for interrupting the I'm outro sorry it just seemed important nope don't ever apologize oh, that's good that. advice i will never apologize ever for no, that no, no, no. I stopped listening. nope we're gonna have to talk mm, about this never later apologize when never here. apologize Jonathan, all right <laughs> Okay, guys, we will be back next week. And don't forget, we love you very much. Sorry. (laughs) I will will apologize for that. (laughs) Much. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight. So you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel.